Talking with Topher, episode 12. Remember, subscribe, click those alarms, and hit those like buttons. So, today, I would like to talk about admitting fault. Admitting fault is hard. Um, I recently had to do it. So, because of that car accident, it turns out that it was my fault, unfortunately. So, I had to deal with that for a couple days, and it wasn't really depression so much as it was disappointment in myself. It's the first accident I've caused since I got my license back in 2011. Um, so it's just, it's hard. Um, fault is easy to push onto someone else, something else. I've been doing it for years and the last three years or so now, I don't do that anymore. I always admit my faults. I always accept the fact that if I fuck up, that it's just something that I have to deal with. You know, um, it was tough and we just, I just need to, you know, put it out there that I was at fault and it's disappointing very disappointing and I think it's supposed to be I think it helps you realize that you need to change a little bit Um, you know we're always changing always growing I know I am continuously ever since I've gotten off of alcohol I feel like I have learned so much in the last well September will be four years and it's it's absolutely mind-blowing what I was almost blind to and so now I, I I admit I admit when I'm wrong because it's easier than trying to blame other people or blame a scenario or blame a thing for my mistake and it just makes life easier for me um, you know it's just like you know, telling the truth. It's it's hard, uh, but at the end of the day, um, I feel better inside. You know, I feel better in my mind. I feel just better. Um, it gets weight off the shoulders. So, finding this out uh, last Friday, today's Wednesday, June 24th, and they told me I was at fault. So, I had to swallow that pill, and I sat on it, and I was disappointed in myself all weekend and then yesterday I was at work and they told me that they were totaling the car now my worst case scenario I went to was I caused this accident and they totaled my car and that's exactly what happened so from the get-go as soon as this accident happened I was already preparing myself for this outcome and I put a lot of time and energy into trying to control something I have no control over and dealing with admitting that I was at fault for the accident, never mind the fact that I had a passenger, which is just really, really difficult. It's so much, it's not even easier to admit fault when you're just involved, but when you have somebody else and you have to admit fault, it, it makes you think so much differently. Um, cause now I'm like, 
he could have gotten hurt. And I don't, I don't need that in my life. So I've learned that, one, I'm going to change up my parking. Two, I'm going to pay a hell of a lot more attention to my mirrors. And I have just, now those things are getting embedded in the back of my brain. Because I do, I feel a lot less comfortable on the road, like most people do after an accident. Um, and it's just, it was just tough. And for years and years and years, I used to blame alcohol for things I would do. I used to blame uh, anything I could to take the blame off myself. And now, admitting my faults helps me um, grow as a person. And when we're growing as people, um, there's all kinds of things that happen in life that help us grow. And... One of those things is getting rid of people in your life that don't do, that are not encouraging. Um, they want to hold you back. Um, any anything like that. And during all my time of AA, jail. I don't remember the other courses I had to take where I was locked up in a house with 12 other people and we learned about drinking and driving every day for two weeks. And I think it was the MOP program, I believe it was. And, uh, you know, all these things. And the one thing that they and AA and all of them have in common is they all say that you need to weed out um, negative people in your life that will drag you back to where you were and even though that's really really difficult and when I was much younger I did not really understand what they meant because um, I would always I'm like what are you talking about I'm just gonna go back to my parents house and go hang out with my friends and that's exactly what they're talking about you know yeah you're gonna go home and go back to your parents that's that's fine that's that's great but Let's let's figure out what these friends have to offer. And I have to say, when I found out I was at fault, and then they told me that I had a week, you know, before the rental was up, because now they're totaling the car, so you only get it for seven days after that, and then the rental is you're gonna have to pay for it until you find a car. But they only cover it uh, for one week after they total a vehicle. So now I'm kind of freaking out. And my my really good friend who I call and talk to when I'm distraught and down and out. And he's always there to pick me up and keep me level-headed. Um, you know, just simply like, you need to breathe. And don't go buy a car right away. Because... You want to make sure you get into something that's going to treat you as well as the vehicle that you just pr priorly bought. You don't want to go buy a piece of shit that you're going to have to dump a shit ton of money into just because you're not going to have a rental for a week. And it's actually cheaper if you just use the rental for a little bit longer, even though you're paying for it. Just downsize. No big deal. Downsize. Pay a little bit less. And now you can relax because even at $25, $30 a day, still going to be cheaper than just running out there and grabbing a car 
and paying four grand or three grand and then you something breaks on it and you bought it from somebody where there's nothing they can do for you so i was like all right all right he's like call the guy again and so i did and turns out it's a subaru legacy it's two years younger it's got friggin 60,000 less miles on it and he wanted short money for it and i was like well I'm getting almost all my money back for this Subaru, which blew my mind. You know, when you pay a price for a car and then it gets totaled, you usually, well, I've always lost money. And this Subaru held its value. I almost got dollar for dollar for it. So it was really incredible. And he's like, I got another one, except it's not a hatchback. And I was like, and he's like, all your parts will fit. And I was so glad I listened to that friend. And that's why you have to sift through the people in your life and take a look around and see who's holding you back and who's propping you up. And you want to keep the positive propping up people in your life so that you can continue to move forward as a person and become a better positive person. Because if you stick with negative people, you're going to stay in a negative state and you're possibly never going to do anything or move forward and for me that's a really scary situation because I feel like if I'm not moving forward or if I'm not learning something new every day then um I don't know you're like almost dead you know I mean, what are you doing so it's just some a food for thought you know um get those people get them out you know uh try to get out of you know, bad living situations, and I know we've all had bad girlfriends or bad boyfriends. Um, it happens. I've stayed in multiple bad relationships. Um, so we do do that, and I do that too. But over time, I've learned that if you sift through everything and everybody and pull out all the good and let go of the bad, whether you love them or not, or care about them, or think you need them around, sometimes letting those people go is going to help you move forward. This hand sanitizer is homemade, and now I'm going to show you how well it works for me. Topher here. Just want to remind you about NaturalBossNH.com. I'm now leaving the Shell station, and I've got it right here in the car. Stuff's amazing, like I've told you. Squirt it on my hands, and... Now I'm ready to take off, full tank of gas, great start to the day, and you can get yours too at naturalbossnh.com, that's N-A-T-U-R-A-L-B-O-S-S-N-H.com, have a great day. And Unfortunately, when I was younger, I really had to learn this lesson hard, because I had a really, really good friend, and we used to hang out all the time, we used to do all kinds of shit together. And he looked at me one day and he was like, we can't be friends anymore. And I was like, what are you talking about? You know, I think maybe 16, 17. Um, so just before our senior year or maybe during our senior year, brain's a little foggy as always. And yeah, he just looked at me and he was like, this is it, dude. I, I got to go do my own thing. You're going down a bad path and we can no longer hang out. You're just, it's not good. And 
this blew my mind because I was like, what are you talking about? I'm a bad person? Me? And, you know, he he sifted me out of his negative group. And this was something that bothered me up until even today. You know, it crushed me. I, I've never had anything like that ever happen. I've never been told I was the person that needed to be cut. And so now um, I realize that he did that to help him. And now he's been, my God, all over the place. And he's doing great. And deep down inside, I'm like, it's because he got rid of me. It's crazy. But I'm super happy for him now. I used to be very upset and very angry that he did that to me. But now I understand. And I believe that to be true for all of us. You, you, you have to make a decision to kind of cut people out so that you can better your life. And even though you don't want that to happen, sometimes you just have to... It, it's, it's going to happen. Those people are going to make those choices and you can't change their mind. I understand that. Um, that was very simple to understand. But being the person that gets cut, it's kind of like a slap to the face because you may not have seen it, but I spent so much time drinking and drugging that I couldn't see straight anyways. So for him to do that was just very devastating at, uh, you know, being a teenager and stuff like that. A lot of stuff going on, obviously, during those days. And it, it blew my mind. And now I do the same thing. You know, I, I actually now I don't even associate with negative people. Um, I've pretty much cleaned my house, um, if you want to say that. Um, so you have to do these things um, to better yourself. And getting back to my really good friend for talking me down, I really am very happy that he did not. Uh, choose to toss me out uh, when he had the chance multiple times I, I gave him I gave him some pretty good reasons to not speak to me anymore so and I'm, I'm very thankful that I still have him in my life and I'm not saying that like my family or my friends don't help me out as well um, but just having that really close friend that you can call at any time and he's always there to back you or she's always there to back you it, it it's just one of those things in life that it's it's just really nice to have. And if he had made the choice that my other friend had made, I may not be where I am today um, for a bunch of reasons. Um, things would have been completely different. Um, so for that, I am thankful because he was on my keep list. And I'm sure I was on the shit list with him a couple times. And so... I'm still very thankful today and just if you can take control, you should take control of your living situation and the people that you hang out with and if you put yourself around positive people, I believe you're going to have a positive outcome. So uh, that's pretty much what happened with the car, the accident, the whole nine, so it was just, it was crazy. There was a lot of emotion going on. Um, and it was very interesting to me because I did not feel 
depression this time. I felt cloudy and I felt upset. But I kind of realized it wasn't depression. It was disappointment in myself. So now I'm going to get a new vehicle. We're going to get back on the road. We're going to take care of this one like I took care of the last one. <laughs> and, and I'm just going to keep my head up and keep moving forward. Because if I had gone down in the dirt and I had tucked in and not done anything, fuck man, I don't know where I'd be. I probably wouldn't be making this podcast, you know. So I, I really do appreciate everybody that is listening, subscribing, and um, you know, helping me push forward because doing this helps me. Um, and I just want everybody to know that talking about these things, putting these things out there, um, putting myself out there and showing you that life is a struggle. It's hard. And this this helps me tremendously. And I'm glad it's helping some of you out there as well. So, yeah, it's, it's just how it's going. So, as you can see, things are changing again. Um... I know it's a little echoey and I apologize for that, but we're going to work on it. I'm going to, you know, doll up this room and we're going to fix it up and make it nice. And uh, yeah, it's my new podcast room and I'm happy to share this with you. I'm glad to be doing this. Here to tell you again about New Hampshire Vape Gallery located at 180 Lafayette Road, Seabrook, New Hampshire, in between Home Depot and Smoke Rings. We are open seven days a week from 10.30 to 8 p.m. And you can come in our store as long as you're wearing a mask. And we have all your flavors. So if you can't get flavors, come on down and see us. We've got them for you. I've got juice bursting out of the cases. I've got disposables all over my walls. So we just have everything for you. I've even got brand new pod devices that have just showed up. These things are great. Low nicotine, high nicotine, doesn't matter. It's just a nice small device that fits in your pocket. And if you are at the beach and you need to replace yours because you dropped it in the water, we've got you covered too. So come on down. Again, New Hampshire Vape Gallery, Seabrook, New Hampshire, in between Home Depot and Smoke Rings on 180 Lafayette Road, 603-814-4171. When I lost my license for six years, um, it was... 2005 and I believe I was driving on 101 coming into Manchester and I was driving a Pontiac Sunfire nice little car and at the time I was telling people I wasn't drinking and I got into my Sunfire and I had a bottle in the back. So I got, I don't know, I forget what exit I was at. So it was probably at least a 20, 30 minute ride back into Manchester, maybe a little bit longer. And so I grabbed the bottle, bring it up front, filling up some shit, and I'm drinking. And we're driving. And the next thing I know, and this is how good my memory is. So I remember that the car in front of me came over into my lane without a blinker and then pumped on his brakes 
causing me to smack his rear end. And then I took a very sharp left turn into the median down by exit one on 101. And I panicked, had some shit in my trunk. I tried throwing it. I think one guy brought some shit back to me. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then I went to, yeah, I tried telling the cops I wasn't drinking. They got me doing field sobriety tests. Like this story isn't as exciting as most of mine are, but, um, and so now I'm looking at a second DV charge. I'm getting arrested. My dad, I think my dad had to come pick me up. Um, cause I totaled my car story of my life. And, uh, again, my good friend, um, his mom gives me money to get a lawyer that of course I have to pay off over time, but she got me a lawyer. Um, I had to go through a bunch of court shit per usual. And, you know, they got, they got me on a DUE second and I lost my license for like five years. And it was, it's brutal. It's brutal. I don't know if anybody out there has also felt this, but not having your license for God, 90 days is tough sometimes in this area. So yeah, they told me five years and I was like, all right, here we go. So now I'm trying to put all this stuff together. There's a long list of things you have to get done before you can get your license back. So I was, I, I thought I was being smart and I was like, oh, fantastic. I'm going to get all this shit out of my way in the first two years. That way I can just sit back and do nothing for three and I'll just get my license back. So I do that. I find a counselor. We do whatever the hours were for lessons. Do it all. Get signed off on it. And now I'm doing all the rest of my courses, my AAs, getting all my shit done, doing all this stuff. And... Five years goes by, and I go to get my license back, 2010. And they look up the counselor that I spoke with, and he's no longer um, in service. So what? And they're like, nope, I am very sorry, but because his license is no longer valid, he's not practicing, your counseling lessons don't count. And I was like, what? What do you mean? So now I have to go do this again? And they said, yes. So unfortunately, even though your time is up, you haven't completed all your tasks, even though you did. And so now I have to go and get a counselor and I have to do all this bullshit all over again. Um, and I do. It took another year, um, which is why I lost it for six. And so now... Uh, 2011 shows up six years later, finally got all my courses done. I got all my paper documented. I got everything finally finished and now I can finally get my license back. So like I said, not that exciting of a story, but 
That's what happens when you drink and drive and you do it multiple times. They're just going to keep taking your license for longer. The only thing I never got caught doing was driving without my license. And I'm very thankful for that because when I first lost my license for a DUI or speeding and all that when I was younger, under 25, um, that, I would do it. And I didn't think twice about it. I was just like, oh, if I take it slow, no one's going to catch me, blah, blah, blah. And they didn't. And I'm very thankful for that. But during this five-year bid that I did, six years, I actually didn't drive the entire time. And that's because I just kept finding somebody to drive me around, luckily. And that's tough. It's very hard in this area. It's very tough to keep a job. Um, you know, I had a job I could ride a bike to. That was great. Um, I had a job that um, my girlfriend at the time took. So I just signed up with them. And then that's kind of where I got started at Walmart. And, you know, she would drive me into work. We were both working third shift and it was great. And that's what I used to do. And then I met my wife at Walmart. So the other chick left and I didn't have to leave. So I got to continuously have a job and someone to drive me around. And that's how I used to look at things when I was drinking. I was like, oh, I just I just need this to get me around. It was, it was always about me. It was never about anybody else. If, as long as I had a job and people to take me there, then my goal was accomplished and never really thought about what effect that had on other people, nor did I care at the time. Um, so, yeah, six years without a license is a long time, but nine years without an accident. Sorry. Let me correct myself. Nine years without causing an accident. Just disappointing. So remember, if you want to grow as a person, you have to change things in your life. You have to do those tough things. Do the things you don't want to do. And look around you. If you are feeling like you're not moving or things are not going the way you want, it may not just be you. It may be your surroundings or the people that you hang out with and it might be time to go through the weeds and see what you can do to better yourself because you need positive people behind you to do positive things. You want people motivating you. Nobody should be telling you that you can't do this podcast or you can't be a marathon runner or some people can't. I understand that. I do. I do understand that. Um, I'm not talking about physicalities. I'm talking about um, I'm talking about, you know, if you are like me and you are feeling stagnant or not moving then take a look around and see if there's anything you can change in your life to better it. I've done this in my life. I only have positive people around me and now there's only positive things happening. Even though negative things still happen, I just push through them 
It's made me a stronger person because I don't have somebody telling me that this is what's supposed to happen or I can't do this podcast. What are you doing up there? Gibbering, blabbering around. No one's going to listen to you. Well, that's okay too because this podcast is just great. It's great for me and I'm just super pumped that you guys enjoy listening. So it's going to be short. I got to go and tear a car apart. hope that everybody enjoys the rest of their day, enjoys the rest of the weekend, and remember, subscribe, hit those like buttons, and the alarms. And this is Talking with Topher. I'm going to talk to you later.